me the book of Romans, Romans chapter 10. Are you ready for some goods? <laughs> All right. Well, camp out there in Romans for a while. Uh, have a few things to say and actually a number of scriptures to reference prior to us reading that one together. And so we'll get there eventually. Um, uh, today, uh, I want to continue with a series that we've been on for the last couple of months. Uh, are you ready for another part of this? It's, it's, I found out this, that when, when, when you have revelation, knowledge in regards to a subject, that's when you're excited about it. And uh, about the time you get bored with it is the time you need to stir it up <laughs> because it fixes everything. Yeah? Uh, we've been sharing with you the last uh, few weeks, well, the, well, the whole, t- whole time actually, uh, these three scriptures, three verses of scripture. And, and I want to start off with those once again just to bring everyone up to speed without reading all the details and the context. Uh, first of all, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4. It reads, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Our faith. Notice it doesn't say God overcomes the world or he puts you over or puts you under. No, he said your believing is what makes the difference. And God values faith. He just does. I mean, there's no two ways about that. If you say, well, I don't really like faith so much. Well, you don't like God then. <laughs> because he is a faith God and, uh, and values believing. At, at the second one was Matthew 9 and verse 29. This is where these two blind guys came to Jesus seeking healing. He asked them if they believed that he could do that. And then he said, the scripture says, then he touched their eyes saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. Right? According to your faith. Yeah. And so we've contrasted that with a whole number of things. He didn't say according to my power. He didn't say according to God's will. He didn't say according to your worthiness. There's a lot of things that people put in that blank that think this is the determining factor on whether I'm healed or, or I'm, I'm helped or my prayers are answered. And they have all the, this big list of, of things that they must do to qualify when Jesus just said this, according to your faith, let it be to you. Amen. According to what you believe. Yeah, let it be to you. And then also uh, Mark chapter 9, in Mark chapter 9, this, this father had a son who was having some problems, uh, some devil problems, and, uh, and Jesus said to him in verse 23, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Yeah? All things are possible to who? To him who believes. So again, we see over and over and over, and and we could read many more scriptures we have already in this series, about the necessity of believing. And and like I've said to you before, it's not a matter of someone believing nothing or having no faith. It is often a matter of what specifics they believe. What do they believe now in this circumstance that they're in? And that belief, a good belief and strong belief there will put them over. 
a wrong belief will cause them to make decisions that are just incorrect. And so these statements are quite different than uh, it's ultimately up to God um, whether a person is healed or helped or protected or their prayer is answered. Huh? A lot of times people think that way. And they'll even make statements like that. Well, ultimately it's just up to God whether this happens or it doesn't happen. That's not what Jesus taught though. All right? That might be a religious explanation of failure. Meaning we didn't know why it didn't work or something didn't go as planned or like we wanted it. And so we fill in with those kind of explanations. But that's not what Jesus taught. Okay? And I want to be a stickler to the word. Let's, let's stay tight with this. He said... It was according to your faith. Uh, another person might say, well, you can't make God do stuff. We're not talking about making God doing anything. You try twisting his arm, see how far that gets. <laughs> we are not in any way talking about su- uh, making God do something. We're talking about submitting to his will. We're really talking about walking in faith just like he told us to. Amen. Hallelujah. And so... The reason we give so much attention to this is it's because truly it fixes everything. This is an all-encompassing, all-inclusive subject. It, it pertains to every part of life. I haven't found one that it doesn't yet. I haven't found something where this is irrelevant yet. It always plays in. Um, without faith, nothing else works. Someone said, well, what about love? You know, what about giving? What about worship? What about prayer? Well, tell me how any of those things work without faith. That's the point. It's not that there aren't any other subjects. There's a lot of other subjects. There's a lot of things we could spend our time discussing and learning and growing in, and we do and we shall. But, you know, I say, well, well, love's the most important thing. I know, but you need faith to love. Do you not? Is anybody married? Do you not ever need faith to love your spouse? Is there ever a time when you don't feel it? Is there ever a time when their behaviors do not draw out (laughs) love from you? In fact, their behaviors are kind of making you feel the opposite of love. But what do you do? You love by faith. Anyone who's been long-term married, you know you've had to learn to love by faith at times. And it's right. It's godly. It's the right thing to do. Huh? Hallelujah. Everybody okay? Sorry, just getting practical here. Uh, Someone said, I thought I had a good excuse to be ticked off at that turkey. Uh, Well, now you've got a good excuse to love them in spite of it. And see how that works for you. Because it fixes everything. Hallelujah. What about, someone said, well, giving, that's the most important. If everyone would just be generous, would just be givers, uh, that would fix everything. Well, what if you gave out of fear? What if you gave out of obligation? What if, you, what if your giving was motivated by the wrong thing? Then it wouldn't work. Said, so, well, we just need to pray more. We, we just need to pray. Prayer is the answer. Prayer is the solution. What about unbelieving prayer? <laughs> Does that ever happen? All the time. People are praying. It's not based in, it's not motivated based in faith. It's not confidence that God will do what he said he would do. It's sometimes based out of frustration or based out of being desperate. I'm desperately praying. That's not faith. 
Everybody okay? <laughs> and you can see how this really plays into every part of life. I was reading over in, in, in 2 Peter uh, chapter 1, and I, and I noticed, you know, there's a bunch of subjects there uh, that are very important. They're very valid and necessary. It's subjects like, like virtue and knowledge and self-control and perseverance and godliness and brotherly kindness and, of course, love. Those are big, those are pretty important things. But you notice the very, very first part of that verse, it says you're just to add all those things to your faith. Add them all to faith. In other words, this all starts with believing. I'm adding to my faith all these different components, not replacing or being, having them be a substitute. I know another one might, uh, someone might wonder and say, well, what about 1 Corinthians 13? Now abides these three, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. So, so well, pastor, right there, I think you ought to be teaching on love. <laughs> well, we have and we will. <laughs> we'll t- teach on love a ton. That's a, a very important thing. But that still has a context, all right? How many know uh, love will not necessarily get someone off their hospital bed? Love will not help everyone in every situation. I mean, it might be motivated to, but won't have the ability to. Jesus didn't say, you blind guys, hey, according to your love, be it unto you. You guys got some serious love going on. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, so, and then their eyes were open. No, he pointed it back to their faith. That, that scripture, that's a wonderful verse. It's in the context of the gifts of the Spirit. Our, the greatest motivator, the reason we act, the reason we do, must be the love of God. Yeah. Amen. And so, again, uh, many other situations and, and, and circumstances, we find that it comes back to faith. Jesus is called the author and the finisher of our, of our faith. Uh, Jesus said in Luke chapter 18, he said, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? And again and again, he was looking for this. Uh, unfortunately, those who truly live by faith are pretty rare. And, uh, and we need more of it. Because the Lord is looking for it. He's looking for people who will not be led by uh, outward circumstances, but believe in the middle of it all. How many know having strong faith and being deeply religious are not the same thing? (laughs) I kind of laughed a little bit. I was was glad when I saw that the newspaper here put put that article about the Jackson's ministry. Uh, uh, um, They're sitting right back over there. Downtown, they minister to the homeless and stuff, and they did that article, and it was great. And the one part I laughed at how they said uh, that Richard was deeply religious. <laughs> Is that, was, that, was that the language it used? Yeah, I thought I don't. I don't think that's probably a quote. <laughs> well, that's just sometimes in the secular world how they describe things. Um, <laughs> but how many know you can be deeply religious and have zero faith? Yeah, these are not the same thing. And, uh, and, and we'd rather be people who are strong in faith. Amen. How many, how many people in here got saved because you loved God so much? Did anybody in here get saved just because you loved God? We have a couple people that did. Ma- majority of you, you're probably more like me. You got saved for your own benefit. <laughs> right? I mean, it was somewhat selfishly motivated. It's like, I got saved because I didn't like the idea of hell. Yeah, 
And so, I mean, once, you get, once you're in the family, I mean, certainly, hopefully, you develop a deep, sincere love for God. And, and I have that, and, and I love him. But, you know, I came to him for what he could do for me, not for what I could do for him. And, uh, and, and, and so, it, it, believing is just very, very, very important, and it applies to all areas of our lives. Amen. Did you find Romans? Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Let's read over here and, uh, and look at verse 6, 10 verse 6. I want to tell you how to stay in this life and how to, uh, how to stay strong in it. Um, verse, chapter 10 verse 6, but the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Now look, he's about to tell us something, that the righteousness of faith speaks this way. Not another way, this way. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who will descend, who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. And in other words, he's, he, he, he's saying... Faith does not speak like this to where you're still waiting for Christ to come or you're still saying Christ needs to be raised up from the dead or the, the victory is not truly won. The answer hasn't fully come. We're still waiting on Christ to do something for us. We're in a problem. We're in a situation. And God needs to do something about it. And so come down. Come up. Do something, Lord, and fix this problem. So that's not how faith works. That's not how faith talks. Everybody with me? Verse 7 or verse 8. But what does it say? Look, the word is near you in your mouth. And in your heart, that is, the word of faith which we preach. He said, watch, it's not far away, doesn't have to come from heaven, doesn't have to come up, it's right there close to you. What is it? It's the word of faith which we preach. It's in your heart, it's in your mouth, not far away, it's right here. Where's the answer? Right here, right here, in my heart, in my mouth. That's the solution. This is how new covenant faith works. The answer is right here. What do you mean in your heart? With the heart, one believes. The answer is in what you believe and what you say. Now, now, now just for simple clarity, the heart in the scripture is not talking to physical. We're not talking biology here. We're talking about the very core of your being, the inward man. It's the thing with which you believe. Okay? Uh, it goes on to say that, this is a continuation, verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. What produces salvation? That God needs to come and save me? No, no. What produces salvation? He said, you will be saved. That's in the future. I will be saved. When will I be saved? When I confess the lordship of Jesus, when I believe in my heart that he has, past tense, 
been raised from the dead. The life of faith accesses a glorious, victorious future by tying to the finished work of what God has already done. How does this faith life work? It's not out there. It's right here when I say it's already done. He's already come. He's already been raised up. In fact, I say it. I say it loud. I say it clear. Jesus, you are Lord. And then salvation becomes a reality in my life. This principle is how the whole new covenant works. This is how all the promises of God works. This is how God's redemptive promises and all of the riches of his glory works in every area of our life in this day and this time. It is not trying to get him to do it. It is acknowledging what is already done. Part of confession, part of that word, it's just a short description, is simply to acknowledge. I'm acknowledging Jesus is alive. I'm acknowledging his, that he was raised from the dead, and now, because of that, I am saved. I'm not needing him to complete the work. You ever see people pray that way? They'll pray one time, Lord, help this person. Lord, heal them. Lord, set them free. And then the next day, they, Lord, complete the work in them. <laughs> You're not laughing at all about that. Uh, I just think that's funny because they didn't ask the Lord to start it and do it halfway. <laughs> Lord, just take them for a while, just a little bit, a little bit. Don't do it all yet because tomorrow I'm going to ask you to complete it. I think sometimes that's us trying to get involved. We, I've got to do something else. I've got to do a little bit more. He's waiting. On, I've got to do a little bit. Rest in the promise. Rest in the, in, in, in the word. Uh, but again now, we see... In, the, in these, these verses, I didn't read verse 10, I don't think. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You see the two components that are necessary in our faith life, and that is our mouth and our heart. Our mouth and our heart. If you are ever going to overcome the world, if you are ever going to live victorious in this life, Two very important things that must be watched, must be guarded, must be protected is your heart and your mouth. If you'll guard those two areas, you'll be able to maintain right beliefs. But the absence of guarding those two areas, wrong beliefs will flood into your life and create chaos and wreak havoc. Yeah. Find with me the book of Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs, the fourth chapter. And uh, I want you to notice this language because this is, this is uh, basically how we're going to keep this going and how we're going to uh, enable this, this life of, of, overcoming na- of an overcoming nature um, to continue and to not be interrupted. Uh, it reads over here in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 20, My son, give attention to... To my words. Notice that language. Read it real slow. Even if you've seen it, read it before, seen it before, heard it before. Uh, give attention to my words. What are you giving your attention to? If you're not intentionally giving attention to his words, your attention is somewhere else. I say, well, I want God level results, I want perfect results in all my life but I want to give attention 
to other things other than his word. See, that won't work. And this is why we say, we say, I just don't understand why it's not working for me. I don't understand why I'm struggling so much. Little keys like this put us over the top. He said, give attention to my words. What are you giving your attention to? All day long. All through your life. What are you giving your attention to? Give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. What, what, what sayings or whose sayings are you inclining your ear to? See, this is tough in our day. We are combated with information galore through the different mediums and computer and different information galore. You have an opportunity all day long to incline your ear to something, to put your thoughts and give your attention to words. But where are they coming from? A lot of them are just not helpful at all. Uh, he said, incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. This is instruction. Don't let it happen. Don't let them get away from you. Keep them in the midst of your heart. How will God's words be in the midst of my heart? Only if I keep them there. Because there are a thousand other messages trying to get in. And all of those other messages do not lead to overcoming. They do not help my faith. They hurt my faith. They are saying the opposite of what I should believe. So if I don't guard this, I'm I'm in trouble. He went on to say in verse 22, For they are life to those who find them, and health to all their flesh. What are life to those who find them? His words. Say, I need some more life in my life. His words are life to you. Health to all their flesh. Uh, So it'll heal your body. That word means medicine. It's like his words are like medicine for your body. Yeah. Uh, I, I sometimes I, I, you know, I've been around people in the hospital and uh, in tough situations and sometimes terminal situations. And, and what I want people to do, what I would desire for them to do is to flood their hearts at that point with God's word. And sometimes they're in there and they're just, you know, I realize they're probably bored at times, but just watching the TV all day. It's like, ah, dude, your life's on the line here. Or you got a real serious condition. You need to flood your heart with God's words. It, it, they are medicine to you. Those other words are not going to help, and some of them will hurt you. Yeah? And, and I know sometimes people will they'll just play worship music, and, and that's certainly not bad. That's a good thing. But even that isn't necessarily building your faith. What you need is to be filled with the knowledge of God's Word. And, uh, and really, uh, I like Wigglesworth said years ago, he was a man, man greatly used of God. He made this statement that said, if you wait to get faith until you need it, you're too late. So that's why it's best if we don't wait till we're hit. Wait till our life is in turmoil and everything's in chaos. And you might be there today. Thank God for His mercy. We can help. And we can pray. And there's some people of faith around here that'll help you. Uh, but going forward, let's not put ourselves in the position where we give attention to all kinds of other things all through our life until, you know, life goes south. Lord, help! (laughs) No, that's not how it works. Lord, help! Come on. Here's how it works. It's near you, in your heart, and in your mouth. It is the word of faith that you speak. 
that you preach, that you proclaim. That's what puts you over. Verse 23, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Keep your what? Your heart. Your heart. So Romans 10 said it's in your mouth, it's in your heart. In Proverbs, we keep our heart with all diligence. How many know you're not able to control your mouth if you don't control your heart? Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You can only guard your tongue so long. And whatever's in you is going to come out. Yeah, it's like you soak a sponge up with something. And whenever you poke it, whatever's in the sponge is going to drip out. It's going to come out. And uh, what happens when you get poked? What comes out? You know, when life pokes you? Or some irritating person pokes you, meaning, you know, you come into contact with what comes out. Well, here's what comes out, what's ever in there. Whatever you've been putting in there is what's going to come out of your mouth. And if someone cuts you off on the road and some ugly things come out, you know it's there. Sorry, I didn't mean to do that to you, but it is. It's there, otherwise it couldn't come out. Huh? You can get to yourself, you can put yourself in a position where you displace that ugly stuff with God's word and you keep it there again and again and again. You'll find you'll react completely different to life, uh, whether it's a, you know, attacks from people or things that happen in your body. You'll just react different. When you have faith, you react with confidence, with peace, with joy. There are th- certain things that'll come up out of you when you're poked. God is good. I'm preaching better than you're listening. <laughs> Does anybody like to watch TV? I, I, I watch some TV, and, and, uh, and I've noticed that in recent years, it seems like more and more and more commercials are about disease. I'm bombarded with disease and the pill that fixes the disease and the, all the symptoms that follow the pill, which might include death. You know, but if you watch a, a show, a TV show or a news show or whatever for an hour, you, there's probably several times within that you've watched disease commercials. And uh, I know they're not advertising the disease, but they are. And uh, something you might want to consider, this is what I do. I make good use of the mute button. If I'm watching, mute or switch to a different channel, you know, because I'm a man, so I'm highly skilled in, in, in remote controls, <laughs> and so I know how to watch three things at once, <laughs> while reading things on my iPad. <laughs> All right, I think I told you a while back not to do that. <laughs> Distraction. Um, you know what I'm saying? But, but, but they're they're put, pumping all this stuff out. It doesn't help. And literally, it does hurt. If you watch it and just listen to that again and again, it really does harm your faith. Why? You're, those things are going in. He didn't say a pay, pay, pay attention to all that. He said, give your uh, ear, incline your ear to my sayings. Why is it that the more, more and more fixes we have, the more and more problems we have that need more fixing? Why is it that the more, the more people are aware 
And we want to make people aware, cancer aware, and all, aware, 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 aware of all this stuff. And yet it seems like it's only getting more and more. More and more of it's happening. It's because of this spiritual principle. This is not going away. The more and more you talk about something, the more it gets into people's belief system. And, and really, you could say this, faith comes for the disease. And it might manifest in fear or worry or concern. Oh, what if this happens? But that's faith working in a negative way. Yeah? A few years ago, we, I did a whole series called um, Jesus Awareness. Jesus Awareness. And, uh, and I've seen that if we will uh, be aware of him and less aware of problems, it'll do us a whole lot of good. Remember in the, in the Garden of Eden, Genesis, there was a tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and the Lord did not want them to know about evil. And even in the New Testament, we are exhorted to not be experts in evil, to not be well-versed and schooled in wrong and bad stuff. He said, be excellent in what is good. Yeah. Yeah, and so the more we can cut off the voices of all that evil stuff and fill our hearts with the Word of God, it makes a difference. Remember, this is how it works. It's in your heart, and it's in your mouth. The answer is not out there. The answer is right here, right here. And if I will believe and confess, what happens? I'm saved. I get eternal life as a result of doing that. That's forever. And all, like I said, all the other things work that same way. You remember Romans ten seventeen. It reads, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hearing by what? The word of God. Uh, faith in me comes from hearing me. You have faith in other people based on hearing those other people. And if they're honest and trustworthy, of course, then what they say, you believe what they say. You don't have faith in God outside of hearing what God has said. Yeah? If someone said, well, I believe, I'm just believing, uh, I'm believing that Pastor Mark's going to come over today and wash my car. Uh, he's not. <laughs> no, but I believe it. I believe you are. I'm using my faith. <laughs> well, you can't have faith for that because I never told you I'd do that. How could you believe that? Someone said, well, I'm believing God for this. Well, what did he say? Faith comes by hearing what he said. And outside of knowing what he said, you don't have any faith for that. Hallelujah. Amen. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing. Not having heard. It's possible for someone to have been in a place of strong belief and strong faith at one point in their life. But then since then, they've been inclining their ears to other voices. They've been inclining their ears to many other words. Well, where is, that, where is their faith today? It's based on what they've been hearing today. Someone said, I, I, I ate uh, some, some green vegetables five years ago. Man, I, 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 I sure feel healthy. <laughs> and uh, no, you don't. They're not still there. <laughs> They're gone. They've been gone for a while. You might need to re-up. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Well, I worked out. I went to the gym, worked out, got a real good sweat, real good burn. When'd you do that? January. <laughs> you're not in shape. <laughs> not today, you're not. 
right? There are some things that take continuation. And, and faith is one of those things. Your faith, you've got to keep feeding it. You've got to keep, it's got to, you've got to keep hearing and hearing. Faith comes by hearing, not, not by having heard. I know there are revelations that last. There are things the Lord told me years ago. They're still good in my life today. But they're, they're strong when I meditate on them, when I think about them, when, when I give attention to them. Um, staying out of church and staying out of the Word. Do you know that has real life consequences? And watch, not from a punishment standpoint. I'm not here telling you, man, man, you skip church, man, you skip, you stay out of the word, God's going to get you. <laughs> not, that is not how this works. It's, it's about real life practical application. Simply what I eat affects my body. What I eat physically affects me. What I meditate on and listen to, it affects my spiritual life. It affects my faith. But what, what some have not learned is that, well, I've got, I still love God. I'm still good. It's not like I'm, I'm backslidden or anything. And so they stop doing what it takes to put them over, to give them victory in life. And their faith takes a hit. Every time you watch an hour of this and pay attention to an hour of that and, and, and meditate on these things and you don't at least balance it out with something that is of God, your faith takes a hit. You have strong faith in these other things. Amen. Go over to the book of Mark. Let's finish up over here. Book of Mark chapter 6. The life of faith is a life of hearing. Say that out loud. And you just heard it again. And that's one of the best ways to hear. Say it. Say it. Starve your fears and doubts. Let them shrivel up on the vine. And feed your faith and you'll be fine. In Mark chapter 6, this is when Jesus went to his hometown to minister. He grew up there. The people knew him there. And Jesus had been preaching. He had been healing the sick and having outstanding meetings and miracles galore. It was powerful. And some of the word got back to those in his own hometown. And they were offended at it. And he came into town. And they said, who in the world do you think you are? And Jesus went in there. Look what, look what, without reading the whole context, verse five, it says, now he could do no mighty work there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. Did you notice that? It didn't say that Jesus wouldn't do any mighty works there. It said that he couldn't do any mighty works there. They literally shut down Jesus himself. The power of God was stopped from being enabled to function fully there. He got a few sick people healed. The Greek means minor ailments. So people with really small little issues, he was able to knock out, you know, a couple headaches, a couple hangnails, uh, maybe a bruise or two in a way. Uh, but anything beyond that, it didn't work. Jesus himself couldn't get it to work. Say, why? What's the problem? Next verse gives us the answer. Verse 6, and he marveled because of their unbelief. 
he marveled. He thought, holy smokes, you guys have unbelief on an impressive level. That is some serious unbelief. You guys were able to shut down this whole meeting to where hardly anything happened. We had boring church today because your unbelief was so strong. Yeah? He marveled at their unbelief. That's interesting. But what did he do from there? See, this is what helps us. Say someone said, hey, I got some stinking unbelief in me too. Well, it's curable. It is curable. It's not okay. It's not okay if we're not going to pet it. We're not going to act like it's, it's fine. And yeah, you got some unbelief. And don't we all? No. We rebuke it. That's not okay. Don't be okay with it in your life. It shuts down God's power. It stops healing. It stops prayers from being answered. It stops all kinds of good things that God wants to do. So we're not okay with it. Look what he did. Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. He went about the villages in a circuit teaching. How did he fix the unbelief problem in that area? He went around and taught the word of God. He didn't just preach. He didn't just proclaim and have miracle meetings. He said, listen, I'm going to explain to you how this, you guys how this works. And teaching is the cure for unbelief. If I find in my own life that I'm I'm not believing to where I need to be. I need to listen to some teaching. I need to read. I need to hear. I need to be taught the good word of God. This is why one of the things we do here, it's one of my motivations in in doing this. I have prayed and I have sought the Lord because I want to take individuals and correct beliefs and build beliefs. So you go out of here strong in faith and you can conquer the world. You can handle anything that comes up in your life. I'm endeavoring to teach the word so you say, yeah, God is good. God is powerful. He is on my side. I'm not looking for Jesus to go back to the cross or be raised from the dead. It's done, and I acknowledge it. I confess it. He is, you know, and we start proclaiming victory. We say words of victory. Amen. Now watch, though. I say you need... You need teaching. We need teaching. You have to be discerning because there's weird stuff out there. If you find you're listening to something, even if they're using a Bible verse here and there, and you got to watch for context, okay? Uh, if something is, is telling you you can't and you don't have and you can't do and it's very unempowering, you, sh- you should raise red flags, okay? Is that the message that Jesus taught did he give people, did he leave people with, you learn to live with it, man. Or did he use language repeatedly, all things are possible to him who believes. Did he use language of this can be changed, this can be altered. And, and so you have to judge what you're listening to because some teaching, if you will, will sap your faith and some will build it. Listen to things that build it. Listen to words from God that make your faith soar. And you come out of there feeling, not in a pride way, not in and of yourself, but you come out feeling like Superman. Wonder Woman. (laughs) But you come out feeling, again, not of yourself, but Christ in you. 
With, with God, all things are possible. And he lives big in me. And greater is he who lives in me than he who's in the world. And I can overcome all things that face me today and every day. Because he is my victory. He is my joy and my song. And you even get a little preacher voice one time, once in a while. And uh, it comes up. It, see, that's when your faith when your faith has a song. When your faith has a shout to it. When your faith is, is strong, it's ready to proclaim and speak in his name. Amen, amen. Praise God. Let's pray. Father.